Welcome to our second iteration of Politics and Pints. I'm Claire Smith, the Editor-in-Chief of The Daily Texan, joined today by Walker Fountain, our forum editor. Hey, Claire. It's good to be here at The Local. I know. On the back porch of The Local, this is a great, a great place to be recording Politics and Pints. So uh, let's just jump right in. Let's get into Super Tuesday. What's your take? Uh, well, uh, as a Clinton supporter, I was pretty thrilled at what happened. Uh, as someone who's deeply terrified of Donald Trump, I was a little concerned right. about what happened on the other side. Yeah. Um, just to give some background for those uh, of you who don't know the full results, um, basically on the Democratic side, uh, Hillary it's a sweep, right? was not quite a sweep. Bernie did pretty well, especially in Vermont. He also won Oklahoma, which was probably the biggest shock hmm, uh, of the night on the Democratic side. He won Minnesota and Colorado. Uh, on Hillary's side, she's surprised by taking Massachusetts. So if you think about it, everyone's talking about Clinton's southern firewall. Bernie lost Massachusetts but won Oklahoma. Um, so <laughs> a little wow. strange. But it, it did hold firm uh, mostly in the south. Obviously here in Texas, um, Clinton won nearly every county, uh, except really for Travis, a few in the valley as well. Um, she scored huge wins in Dallas. Uh, Houston and San Antonio. Uh, Bernie just narrowly eked it out here in Austin, getting, I think, about 52% of the vote. So it was an interesting contest here, and she really did uh, uh, sweep um, yeah. in states like Virginia, Georgia, uh, Arkansas, and Alabama. Right, and Clinton's phenomenal success on Super Tuesday was, in a way, I mean, as a rational human being, it's not that I wasn't expecting it, but given how strongly, you know, Bernie turned out in some of the earlier primaries and caucuses, it was it was interesting to see just like, oops, nope, that's actually not going to happen. So, yeah, I think in, in many ways it was a wake up call um, yeah. to, to those Bernie supporters who are like, oh, you know, he's uh, he's gaining on Clinton. He's got her. He certainly has gained on Clinton and, and he's definitely a stronger candidate than I think she ever imagined. But at the right. same time, I mean, there are millions of Democrats across the country who uh, remain huge fans of, of Hillary and, and the Clinton brand as a whole. Yeah. And because of that, you know, it's going to be really tough for him to come, especially with minority voters. Yeah. And I mean, just as you said, like that Bernie was a much stronger opponent than Hillary was probably picking up on. In last week's Saturday Night Live, they had a sketch with Kate McKinnon playing present day Hillary Clinton and Amy Poehler playing Hillary Clinton from eight years ago, talking about Bernie Sanders. And the Amy Poehler Clinton was like, oh, no, we love Bernie. What a wonderful <laughs> senator he is. And Kate McKinnon was like, no, no, he is. It cannot happen. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she told or I guess the Kate McKinnon Clinton told the Poehler Clinton you know, like, he's our opponent. And she's like, okay, well, then I get the nomination. And it it almost didn't look that way for a second. It was sort of shocking to see them neck and neck in so many of the early primaries until, of course, this happened on Super Tuesday. And well, and, and part of no that is, question now that she'll be taking the nomination home. I think so. I mean, you know, right now she's got about over 1,000 delegates to Bernie's uh, under 450 delegates. So, I mean, Bernie would need to pull some big upsets, uh, basically all over the Midwest and South, and I just think it's going to be tough. And especially, you know, uh, with uh, one of the biggest prizes left out there on the map being Clinton's home state of New York, uh, that's going to take a lot for Bernie Sanders to to uh, to claw his way back into this race. Right. Uh, obviously, he's not 
dropping out. He's not giving up. But no debates left, correct? I actually don't know. Uh, I, I, there's one this weekend. There's okay. one this weekend. We're just hearing that there's one this weekend from our our wonderful producer Sam Groves. Thanks, Sam, for for being informed on that issue. When we probably uh, should. Yeah. yeah, when we should have <laughs> known that. Um, but you know, there's another. I mean, the Republican field is really interesting. Chris Christie. Um, endorsed Donald Trump this weekend and of course there was a fabulous article in the Washington Post saying like Chris Christie's wordless screaming at his endorsement of Donald Trump and I mean then to see Trump really really win big on Super Tuesday you know he didn't take Texas Cruz took Texas which I guess isn't really a surprise I I wish that that didn't happen I mean I think he's even a little too little too far right for me being a moderate but um Yes, that was really interesting to see Trump win big on Super Tuesday. What worries me about all of this is that, so, I mean, I'm not a fan. I'm a Democrat. I'm a moderate Democrat. Either way, though, I I don't think, you know, and this is why I'm an opinion writer. I'm going to state my opinion now. Um, I don't think Cruz or Trump are suited to the presidency. Not at all. And so the more concerned, the more kind of apoplectic the GOP establishment gets about Donald Trump, the more they say, oh, well, maybe Cruz is a viable alternative. Mm -hmm. And so kind of here saying, well, he's pretty pretty, uh, out there as well. So, um, you know, I think what's really stunning about all of this is you look at the Super Tuesday results, and, and yeah, Marco Rubio won a state finally. He got Minnesota. Right. Oh, my uh, God. Cruz got uh, Oklahoma, Alaska, and Texas, and Trump won everything else. Right. Um, and you just have to say, I mean, at this point... He's going to probably get the nomination until yeah. Mitt Romney came out and <laughs> had that surprise rally and secret meeting, and I mean, just really attack Trump in perhaps the most efficient way yet. I mean, everyone else has tried to go after Trump in the debates, and frankly, Trump has just won. He's just been a bully and sort of beaten them into silence again. And Mitt Romney was on a stage by himself and could really get his own word in. And a lot of um, moderate Republicans, you know, especially from the establishment, are calling for a, a third-party choice yeah. pretty much. And people are thinking that Mitt Romney, maybe even Bloomberg, will will step into that I'd role. I'd love that. He was a great mayor. Um, <laughs> well, so it's interesting with the Romney thing. New Yorker. Thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. With the Romney thing, um, he, there have been some clips circulating online of when Trump endorsed him in 2012. And I thought that this was really funny. Romney right. gets out there and goes, well, you know, I'm a good businessman, but not not as good as you, Donald. And, and uh, kind of, you know, it just shows that Mitt Romney is a politician and certainly he's one of the few establishment Republicans who's kind of answered the call to try and stop this. Certainly and who hasn't wavered in his moderate beliefs since this very odd wave in the Republican Party towards more radicalization you know a sort of a, a run to the right I guess. I would love to see Mitt Romney run as a third party choice, but then again, that that opens up the opportunity for the Republican Party to split and then it to just inevitably go to the Democratic nominee. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a real race. We'll see, I think, what happens with with especially the GOP convention. Um, You know, obviously, it's not clear Trump is going to be the nominee. Cruz is only 100 delegates behind uh, the Republican nominating process is very different than the Democratic nominating process. But, um, you know, but our, there could be. our columnist, Bailey Ether, he's sort of one of our consistently, he, he's one of our conservative writers who every every other week, he's bi-weekly, he writes about political issues <laughs> from, from a conservative point of view, and he's very, very good. And what, 
what he wrote this week on Wednesday, we had sort of a, a political package, I guess, a, a whole page responding to Super Tuesday, which um, I, I don't think was a nightmare for yeah. uh, Associate Editor Alexander Chase, who was doing design in the opinion office that night, to be responding to things as things rolled in to make sure that the page was up to date. But um, Bailey wrote about how on, on the website 538, they, uh, they tally endorsements, they give certain um, point differentiations between governors, senators, um, representatives, and then I guess just like celebrities. And if you were looking at, at the endorsements that have come in, Rubio would be running away with the nomination. Rubio has as like basically oh, as yeah. much numerically as McCain had in 2008, who really handily took that nomination as well. And so, um, or if my memory serves, I guess I was 14 at the time, but anyway. Um, at this point in the race, he was certainly in a stronger position <laughs> yeah. than Rubio. Yeah. And, and at this point, it's just really interesting to see how some of these endorsements, I guess, just don't matter. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, Ruby only only took one state in Super Tuesday. Cruz took three. Trump took many, many more. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, that is really something to behold. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, it goes to show that the Republican base doesn't really trust major Republican elected officials. I mean, yeah, absolutely. At, at this point, Rubio could be endorsed by the Pope himself and, and probably wouldn't see a bounce from it. So. I don't know. Pope Francis is pretty popular, I'd say, being Maybe a that. Catholic myself. Yeah. But. Uh, but it's been an interesting process, to say the least. And, and I'm curious to see, you know, if like Reince Priebus and the RNC establishment will at some point just say, look, this was ultimately this was the voice of, of Republican voters or whether right. this is going to go to a brokered convention and, and someone's going to emerge from the from the and mix. Like there's a, a, a real behind closed doors types con, type convention. Like machine type politics. And yeah, there's uh, there's been talk of a, a group forming to draft Paul Ryan, which seems to be oh the Republicans gosh. answer to anything that goes wrong. Paul Ryan, be it the speakership or uh -huh. anything. Um, and Paul Ryan sort of just lucked into that role, didn't he? Paul Ryan, I, I don't know what it is. He's got, he's conservative enough for for Some, the uh, but the he, hardcore he's willing right. to compromise, and that's what but I appreciate. But Paul Ryan is also the man who you know lost a debate to Joe Biden, who almost always puts his foot in the mouth and in his mouth. And I'm a fan of Joe Biden, but but man, that's that's that was really something. 2012. It was, yeah. I mean. Something tells me Paul Ryan will not be uh, uh, will not end up as the GOP nominee, but but I'm curious to see how it how it uh, plays out. Claire, I guess can I ask you? Uh, Absolutely. Let's. Who's your prediction on the ballot in November? Who's it going to be for the Republicans? Okay, so this is a hard thing because if you're asking me to respond with reasonably, I mean, even just like taking names out of it, like candidate A swept Super Tuesday pretty much. Candidate B got a few people, but I mean, everyone in the establishment hates him. Republicans and Democrats hate him. And then Republicans, he only took one state. Of course, candidate A being Trump, candidate B being Cruz, and candidate C being Rubio. I would say candidate C doesn't have a choice. Candidate B, not him either. It's definitely going to be candidate A. Yeah. Of course, assuming that he probably would have done something wonderful to merit all of those votes, and he simply has not. So I guess my reasonable side says, well, I mean, look, it it really does look like Trump is going to be the one that yeah. takes the nomination, but I really am. I mean, I'm not a fan of Cruz. I, I don't know how he was elected in the first place. I don't know how he was re-elected. And so it's just after basically 
being the architect of the, you know, government shutdown. And so, like, I don't know how that happened in the first place. And so I'm really hoping that Rubio is going to be the one that someone's going to step in, just be like, Rubio's the most reasonable choice. Let's go with him. That being said, I'm not entirely convinced that Rubio isn't someone who will radically change his ideals based on what voters want him to believe. Yeah. And that's not necessarily something that I like. One thing that I do like about Bernie Sanders, just like as a person, is that he has really lived by his own code, like his whole life, and he has not wavered. Um, That being said, I mean, Hillary Clinton has sort of expounded on the merit of, you know, changing your mind, being able to become more educated on something as as an issue develops, like throughout years in the political process. And I mean, I don't know. What's interesting is that Rubio and Cruz are the exact same age. They're both very young candidates. I mean, I think they're only 43 or 44. They are young, yeah. That would be even younger than President Obama. And something that I thought when he was first elected and was running into roadblocks was maybe he's just too young and inexperienced. But I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had to think about it reasonably, that was a really long tangent. (laughs) But if I had to think about it reasonably, I think that Trump will take home the nomination. And that is hard for me to say my heart is beating faster as i say it now but i hope that someone will step in maybe there will be a third party candidate or that someone or that rubia will by some chance get the nomination as the most moderate of the three yeah we'll the three see choices I think because it really is it's a three-man race i mean Kasich is still in it yeah. but it's really it's a three-man race well i i think it's going to be interesting and i i i think if trump is the nominee number one if, if he comes out of these later primary states with a sizable delegate lead, it's going to take right. a lot, and it's going to make a lot of people angry yeah. to basically take the nomination away from him. So that's Absolutely. one thing. There, there could be a an I, uprising in I the Republican think, Party, and the Republican Party could split itself, not just well, Mitt Romney I, running as a third-party candidate. but I think that that's going to happen possibly either way. I mean, at this point, I think this is one of those elections that could very much be a realignment election, just like when when Nixon took the South away from the Democrats. You know, this right. could be this kind of election that really harms the Republican Party. We'll see. Um, right. On your on your Bernie and Hillary uh, thing, yeah, I have a certain sympathy for Hillary Clinton because yes. she gets this rap for being a flip flopper and, and and things like that. And and it's tough when you've been in in the public eye for 25 years in you know, as First Lady of the United States, for one, um, as United States Senator uh, from one of the most liberal states in the country, and then as Secretary of State. I mean, just the different hats that you have to wear in order to fill, in order to responsibly um, kind of carry out the duties of those offices. It's tough. So we'll see. Something that I don't like about this presidential race is that, so, you know, I'm a Kasich fan. I think, you know, of course there's, there are still four, I know, I'm sorry for me too, but, uh, you know, there are still technically four people in the race for the Republican nominee, even though it's really only a three man race. And, um, I, I haven't really been wowed by either field on the democratic or Republican side. Um, and that's hard. I would want more from yeah. the race that is going to determine our next president. And um, I think that the nation is sort of having to like reconcile with a lot of that sort of same feeling. Um, Got some happy, happy bar goers here. Well, yeah, it's the local. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess that we'll see how it unfolds. When is the nomination coming out? This summer in June? Yeah, so I think the the Republican convention is a little bit later than the Democratic convention. 
Okay. Yeah. So the RNC is going to be in Cleveland. And where is the DNC? Is that in Tampa? Oh, Philly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it should be interesting. We'll find out this summer. My right. prediction, I think it's going to be Trump-Clinton, and Ugh. I just hope that she wins. So. And I hope that there will be a third-party candidate to give some reasonable people, another, some reasonable conservatives, another shot to not have to cast Spoken like a Trump. true Kasich supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I do not resent that. I do not stand down to that. But thank you so much. Indeed, spoken like a true Kasich supporter. <laughs> This is Claire Smith, Editor-in-Chief of The Daily Texan, with our forum editor, Walker Fountain, signing off from The Local. Please join us again um, next week for Politics and Pints. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend Thanks, and afternoon. Claire. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan and hosted by Claire Smith and Walker Fountain. And the music was by Christopher Hansen. Be sure to check back next week for our next episode. And for more politics news, go to dailytexanonline.com.